Many are getting rich. Many are failing. And many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer in this end time through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa. Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is a senior pastor of Overcomers Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Okonifa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's Word through His special servant. And now, today's message. Somebody shout a big amen, give another clap of to the Lord. Can you take your seat in the presence of the Lord? Hallelujah. Well, you are welcome to the day number two of our finance convention our kingdom finance convention and it is that more than you can carry more than you can carry more than you can carry glory to jesus christ and yesterday by the grace of god we started we spoke on a subject that i named or i entitled becoming 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 and we look into the scriptures and we realize that God can change our lives. And when He's changing our lives, even our finances can also be changed. And so we saw how Abraham became rich. We saw how Isaac became rich. We saw how God is able to change our lives. And when we look into the New Testament, we see that we also can become. We also can become. I think I didn't touch on that. Uh, I didn't touch on that. I didn't touch on that. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. This monitor is squeezing here. Glory to Jesus. Uh, 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 let's look at a quick scripture. Second Corinthians chapter number 8. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, the verse number 9, if you may. And I believe that something over there will be a blessing to you. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. Look at that. The Bible says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich for your sins, he became, he became poor. So Jesus became, well, that's a process of transformation, a process of changing. And the reason for his transition and transformation was because of another become, said that you, who is he talking about? Who is he talking about? Okay, don't you know your name? Mention your name. Who is he talking about? That you, through what? His poverty might what become rich. Someone say I'm becoming rich. You must understand that in God, hmm, glory to Jesus Christ. In God we can become. We can become. We can become. And when we talk about our finances especially, we must understand that it is a process of becoming. So it means that though your beginning may be small, God can cause your latter end to greatly increase. You must understand that in the eyes of God, you are not limited by your present circumstance. You are not limited by your current situation. But God has purpose that there can be and there should be a transformation and a transition as you walk with Him. The Bible said concerning Isaac that the man became great. He was great. That word was also means that he grew to become great. I see you growing in the name of Jesus Christ. You can actually grow from where you are. Grow out of poverty. 
was just praying in my office, praying into the program. I found myself interceding for the church and interceding for everyone that is connected to us. That poverty will come to an end in our lives. Lack will come to an end in our lives. And as I began to pray, the Lord began to speak to me. And he started telling me certain things about the grace that can cause an end to poverty. And I believe that that grace is available to us tonight. That grace is here tonight in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. May poverty come to an end in your life. I say may poverty come to an end in your life in the name of Jesus. Where's Michael? If he can just disconnect this so that it should stop disturbing us. Glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So we can end or alleviate poverty in our lives. Poverty can come to an end in our lives. Poverty can be and totally be eradicated in our lives if we can connect to the covenant principles and the covenant ways of God. Glory to Jesus Christ. If we can understand what God is saying and how He wants to go about it. But you see, there's a problem over here. Lack of knowledge. Ignorance. Listen, everything in Christ you need faith for. You need faith for everything. The Bible says that without faith, it is not impossible to please God. It is impossible to please God. A man came to Jesus looking for healing and deliverance for his son. The Bible says that God told uh, Jesus, told the man that you need to believe. He said all things are possible. All things are possible. They are doable to him that believes. So in Christ, you need faith for everything. Without faith, you can take nothing from God. There's no room for you to receive anything from God without faith. And faith is a product of knowledge. The bounds of faith come by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Hearing by the word of God. Unfortunately, God's children are not committing themselves to learn the word of God or get the knowledge that will change their finances. As I start over here, I am a product of changing levels of knowledge. And that is what has brought me into a higher dimension of finances. It is not about my, uh, my, my degree as, uh, or my academic qualification as a pharmacist. No, a thousand times no. A thousand times no. I remember when the Lord spoke to me that I should come and give attention to the ministry. One of the major things that was a bother and a challenge to my mind was in the area of finances. And listen to me, finances is the reason why many people are not in church today. Money is the reason why many people are not in church today. Money is the reason why many people are, 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 are chasing men. And many people are doing the wrong things. Money, financial situations, true or not true. Come on, talk to me, true or not true. I want to hear your voice, true or not true. Hallelujah. Finances, as I grew up in life, I saw that the reason why many of God's children don't end up very committed is not because they don't love God. It is because their love for other things is, is, is able to uh, uh, superimpose over their love for God. Many people are not coming to church not because they are feeling lazy or they are feeling tired. There is financial frustration. There's financial frustration. So, even though they want to be in church, even though they want to do evangelism, you realize that, hey, I need to survive. I need to take care of myself. I need to make a name for myself. I need to take care of my family. And so that begins to take your time. And so if you are not uh, blessed or you are not careful to get a job that is able to give you good pay, it 
and still give you time for church, you realize that you will be moving helter-skelter, trying to get additional source of funds. So finances is a major issue in the body of Christ. The issue of finances, the issue of money, the issue of material uh, supplies is a real issue that affects every Christian. And so for me, I think in a program like this is something that everybody should be, should be able to come to church for. So come in here. I told you yesterday, if God gives you money by miracle or by magic, you realize that you will not be able to sustain it. You will not be able to sustain it. You will not be able to sustain it. You need more magic to be able to keep increasing. I you are me. But when you learn by principle, when the money comes, it is established. When the prosperity comes, it grows incrementally. And you know what to do to rise up higher. Hallelujah. And I pray that next year by this time, somebody will have increased in their finances. And God actually told me something. I'll tell you later, uh, before the close of the service. God spoke to me about something, and I was so excited as I was praying when the Lord dropped that thing in my spirit. He just told me that, it just gave me hope that everybody over here, you can break the bondage of poverty and rise up into higher dimensions of finances. And God is going to send you there. I said, my God is going to send you there. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You need knowledge. So when I realized that that was an issue, I, I, I also had an answer because I am studied from the scriptures that I need faith for everything. So it means that if I'm getting concerned and worried about money, I need faith for money. I need faith for my financial increase. So what did I do? I started studying the word of God with regards to finances. I started studying what God has to say about how he supplies the needs of his servants. Because there were men of God before me. I'm not the first man of God. No, I'm not the first man of God. Maybe I'm a boy of God. I don't even know. Are you understanding me? And God has called me. And God said that once he has called me, you take care of me. I started the thing. It wasn't working. I was like, hey, my goodness, where is the money going to come from? The money is not going to fall on my lap while I'm sleeping in my room. So how is it going to come? Hey, the Lord said, I'll go and study. So I start, I take my Bible, started studying, finding how God is able to supply the needs of a servant. I went on YouTube, started downloading videos. I went through my, uh, my books and my archives of messages, started listening to messages. For about three months consecutively, I was on that particular subject. Every message you see me on, I am listening, I'm listening to a message to understand how God is able to prosper his children. That was when my titans started producing results. It was at that point that I caught the revelation and the impartation or the spirit of the word that was exciting to produce results. From that time up till now, every time, I'm not saying sometimes, every time I give God my time, I see a financial miracle. Sometimes I'm, I'm not even yet brought it to the altar. I just place it in the envelope, getting ready to come and give it, and boom, it happens. Boom, it happens. Sometimes I'm in church. This evening, like this, like on a Tuesday evening, I give my tithe. By the time I get back to my office, there's been a financial release. Are you understanding me? So God opened my insight, opened my understanding into how I can change my level financially. So you need knowledge. You need knowledge. And so this is the kind of meeting every young man should be seated in, paying attention to. Every young lady who wants to do it financially should be listening with rapt attention. Rapt attention. It is not a prophetic meeting, so. Well, oh, I saw you. No, 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 no. It is the principles 
open your inside today. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 13, he said that, Therefore my people have gone into captivity, because they have no knowledge, and their honorable men are furnished, and their multitude drive up with thirst. Why? Because they have no knowledge. Meaning poverty is a product of ignorance. Poverty is a product of ignorance. And yesterday God began to share with us the principles by which we can come out of poverty. And first of all, we understood that riches is a product of the blessing. We understood that the blessing comes to us by reason of grace or by as a birthright because of our redemption. Are we together? But then how does that blessing that we have received become activated so that it will move from just being a legal aspect of what God has given us spiritually to become money in our hands, to become resources that we are operating in and we spend it about obedience. Glory to Jesus Christ. I pray somebody will go back and go. In fact, after teaching you yesterday, I started going through other materials and I realized that the message that I shared with you is consistent with what many major first uh, frontline men of God are teaching. And all of these are doing well financially. It's forced in line with what Pastor Chris is teaching. It's forced in line with what Kenneth Copeland is teaching. It's forced in line with what Bishop David Oedipo is teaching. So it tells you that it is a revelation. It is not a secret. The Word of God, there, there are no secrets with the Word of God. Though. I don't understand it. Revelation, this is not a secret society. In secret society where people have their things and they are hiding them. No. Here we share everything. Hallelujah. And if you care to make use of it, it will change your life. I say it will change your life. Tonight, I want to focus on kingdom prosperity. Kingdom prosperity. Every nation has a financial plan for the inhabitants of that nation, for the citizens of that nation. Just a few weeks ago, or was it just last week, we had our the finance minister of Ghana come to read the budget for 2024. So the budget for 2024 is not just about what the country is going to spend. It is about how the people of the nation are supposed to prosper based on the policies. That is are being exacted by those that the leaders in the leaders of the nation are we together. So the so everybody who is into serious business or is interested in business in Ghana, they will go and listen to the uh, the, the, the financial the budget reading. You understand me? Because they want to know what is going on. They want to know where to invest their money. So in the, in the budget, it is read that in 2024, we are going to spend a lot on roads. Now, those who have uh, business agreement in the area of road construction, they begin to now position themselves. If they realize that, oh, the government is going to buy a lot of cars, now people start creating businesses where they are going to import cars. If you understand me, because if many of us, we, we are not interested in a lot of money, so we don't, we don't concern about ourselves about these things. And that's one of the things I'm trusting God, that by the time we end this conference, I'll talk about divine positioning. Divine positioning. Especially as we're about to enter into an election year, money will be flying everywhere. Money will be flying everywhere. But only a few people will be taking advantage of it. Money will be flying everywhere. So if you position yourself, the same money that they are looting, some of it will come to you, but you will not have looted it. You have, went, you have positioned yourself and it will come to you. Glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I said they, we didn't mention anybody's name. But you know the Luther, uh, if you know, it's up to you. Glory to Jesus Christ. I know the family, there's going to be money everywhere. Look at, for instance, in uh, 2020, COVID came. COVID came. You know people became millionaires and billionaires in COVID year. 
Once people became impoverished, people lost their businesses. But that, that was the year we, in, in, in the history of the world, we got the greatest number of billionaires. And even some entered into trillionaire level. What are you talking about? Look, so it's about divine positioning. If you are not positioned strategically, you will say that there is poverty and lack everywhere. But when you are positioned strategically, oh my goodness, when the river begins to flow and your cup is over there, by all means your cup will carry some. But if your cup is in the cupboard, will you get some of the water from the river? No. 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 So you need to be wise. You need to be wise. So what this meeting more than you can carry conference, kingdom finance convention, is supposed to lead every one of us to, is into prosperity. It's into prosperity. How many of us over here know and believe that God wants us to prosper? Can, can, can I move on from there? Uh, do we know that God wants us to prosper? Are you sure? Uh, some, some are, not, some are not, uh, new members of the church, so maybe they have not heard it. But God actually wants us to prosper. Psalm 35, verse number 27, the scripture that I started reading. He said that uh, we should shout in, uh, with joy and gladness. We should shout with joy and gladness. Why? And he tells us in, uh, by the end of that scripture, he tells us something that is so profound. That God has pleasure in the what, prosperity of his servants. God has pleasure in the prosperity. Lift up your right hand. Say, God has pleasure in my prosperity. Say, God loves me to prosper. Say, God wants me to prosper. So, therefore, I will prosper. God actually wants us to prosper. God wants us to prosper. Third John 2, third John chapter 1, the verse number 2. Look at what the Spirit of God inspires the, uh, the, the apostle to write. He said, I wish above all things that what happened to you, thou mayest what? Prosper. Now, somebody again will say that that is spiritual prosperity. If you read your Bible very well, he said that thou, that you may prosper in all things and be held as your soul prospers. So, he has already taken care of spiritual prosperity by talking about the prosperity of the soul. Then, that means that the other prosperities are talking about material and natural or physical prosperity. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. The scripture that we read in Second Corinthians chapter eight verse nine, he became poor that we might become what rich. How many of us know that Jesus was not living a poor life while he was on earth? He was not living in lack. How many of us can prove it? How many of us can prove it? If you can prove it, lift up your right hand. If you can prove it, lift it up. Amen. Don't be afraid. Don't call you. Or maybe I'll call you. <laughs> How many of us cannot prove it? Okay, can I ask you a question? Was Jesus living as a poor man or he was living as a wealthy man? Huh? Say what? Are you sure? How do you know? How do you prove that? Because he was the one who said that uh, the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Huh? So, so did Jesus have a house? Ah, mommy, Abigail, we show him Esther, we show him. Hallelujah, Simon, we show him. Amen. Did Jesus have a house? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Come on, did, did, no, 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 no. Simon, did Jesus have a house? 
Pastor, you are trying to trap me. <laughs> no, no, that's why we are all learning. Hallelujah. Are we not learning? So, Jesus. Was Jesus a poor man? Why, why, why do you think he was a poor man? What, what are some of the things to show? He can feed 5,000. That's a, a good one. That's appreciated. You also said, why do you think Jesus was a poor man? But you remember he went to borrow some little boy's food, though. Anyway, so... <laughs> Yes, yeah. He was not living in luck. Why why do you say so? Everything was available, like what things. No, you see you if you have vague knowledge, your faith will also be vague. Are you understanding me? You need to you need to have solid faith. I don't know the devil can pull a fast one on you. You will meet somebody who will confuse you and then you don't have any basis. Are you getting me? So you need to be established in the truth. And I feel very sad that I, it looks like I may have to go back to those things again. Was Jesus a poor man? Why do you say so? There's a microphone beside you speaking for it. Mm. Okay. You speak up, speak up, our speakers. They have to cast lots. You see, that is an excellent one. Let's appreciate that. So, Jesus' clothes were, were in our day would have called it designer wear. Because if it was rags, they would not be betting on, hey, this, who, it's as though they were fighting over the clothes. So they were fighting, they said, me this one, the last one you carried, me I will carry this one. They said, no, 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 this one, GTP, or Holland, or whatever. So, the clothes of Jesus were not low quality. Were not low quality. And they were expensive clothes. So expensive that the soldiers, remember, these were not Jewish soldiers. These were Roman soldiers. Their colonial masters, they could, they could not even afford to throw away his clothes. Imagine the kind of clothes that he was wearing. Joe, you wanted to say something? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a donkey. And those days, the donkey was the limousine of our day. Are you understanding me? Those days, it's not, they, 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 their main means of transportation was like a dance. They are walking everywhere, commuting, they are on foot. So if somebody comes sitting upon a donkey or upon a camel, that person is either a, 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 a businessman, a merchant man, a, 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 a a royal person, a great a general in the army, uh, somebody who is doing great business, somebody who has inherited a lot of money. So Jesus, he was even riding on the back of the limousine of those days. Glory to Jesus. Anybody else? Anybody else? There's a very simple one. Yeah. He had an accountant. Now, if you don't have money, why would you need an accountant? If you don't have anything to count, why would you need an accountant? Are you understanding me? Like in our day and age, we have accountants who have nothing to count. <laughs> you better change your name. And we will remove the accountant and call yourself a, a, a count. <laughs> because there's nothing that you are counting. But when God blesses your hands, you have things to count. Receive it now. So Jesus was not a man who was living in luck. If I were to study the Bible, you realize that he had a house in Capernaum. 
is that when you study again, uh, in those days, anybody, any leader, spiritual leader who gets disciples and who starts following him or her, that person is responsible for their upkeep. That is why uh, Peter said, we have left everything to follow you. We have left everything to follow you. So it meant that even their food, they were dependent on Jesus. Jesus said, in that day you ask me nothing. Meaning before that time, they were always asking him for things. When Jesus had to pay his taxes, do you remember that he also paid the taxes of, of Peter as well? And he paid only Peter's tax. Because after that time, uh, you remember what, what we, uh, I think Pastor uh, uh, Benji shared with us? Uh, yeah. So, because he was, the other ones were, they were small boys. They were small boys. Only Peter and Jesus were old enough to pay taxes. And Jesus did not pay for himself. He paid for Peter as well. So, Jesus was not living in lack. In fact, he was even a, 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 a philanthropist at that time. When Judas was going to betray him. Everybody thought he was going to give, Jesus had sent him to give money to the poor. Meaning that was his lifestyle. That was his lifestyle. So Jesus was not living a poor life. So those of us who are saying that, oh, my Jesus was poor and humble, so me too, I'll be poor and humble. Please go and look for the proper Jesus because that is not the Jesus of the Bible. I said that is not what? The Jesus of the Bible. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. Listen, it's not my subject for today, so that's why I'm not going into the scriptures, but I hope the point that we are sharing with you will help enlighten somebody. God doesn't want us to be poor. He wants us to be prosperous. What is prosperity? Prosperity refers to safety, welfare, or well-being in mind, body, or ethics. Safety, welfare, well-being in body, in mind, in supply. Glory to Jesus Christ. If I will study the Old Testament, then you see at least two words that are translated as prosperous or prosperity. The first one is from the Hebrew tov. Tov means good, good, bountiful, wealth, sweet, pleasant, welfare, prosperity. Like you find in Zechariah chapter 1, the verse number 17, that by prosperity shall the walls of the, my cities be spread abroad. Again, prosperity is also from another Hebrew word, shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom. You find that in Psalm 35, verse number 27 that we just read. He takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And that word also means peace with well-being. It means peace with supply, welfare, safety, health, rest, wholeness. Glory to Jesus Christ. So at least even looking at the Hebrew meanings of the word, when God says that he wants us to prosper, it does not just talk about spiritual prosperity. It talks about our health. It talks about our welfare, our well-being. Us being in a state where all things are met. A state of wholeness and complete supply. Somebody that is going to be your story in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, prosperity is not just a desire. It's not just a desire. Maybe somebody said that, oh, I desire to be prosperous. It is about who desires it. No, it is not about a desire. Desire has a place to play in it, in your personal prosperity acquisition. But you need to understand that it is an institution. It is an institution that God has made available to every one of the children. He delights in the prosperity of his servants. It takes pleasure in his children doing well. Again, prosperity is not a prayer to it. It is a covenant right. 
So yesterday I was telling you that some of the prayers that we pray, we shouldn't be praying that God make me prosperous. No, it is your right. It is part of who you are. I don't have to go and pray to my father that my daddy make me your son. No, I am already a son of my father. What I need to do is just take my place, acknowledge who I am. So it is a covenant right. Second Corinthians chapter 8, the verse number 9. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, he became poor. That you, who is that you? Me, his child, might become rich as a result of his poverty. So God has prepared it as a covenant right for every one of his children. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to prosper. As we contemplate the subject of prosperity, I want us to quickly realize that there are two kinds of prosperity in this world. There are two kinds of prosperity. Number one, there's worldly riches or worldly wealth. And there's also kingdom or covenant wealth. Kingdom or covenant wealth, they are not the same. They are not the same. Not every prosperity in this world is from God. Can I talk to you? Not every wealth in this world is from God. There's a difference between kingdom prosperity or covenant wealth and worldly riches. And for the next few minutes, I want to attempt to differentiate between the two. When we talk about worldly prosperity, natural prosperity, we are talking about that which is attained through human wisdom, attained through strength and natural ability. It could be by brute force. Like you see, a, a nation will go and conquer another nation, and then they, are, they capture their wealth. Or you see an armed robber attack somebody who has bought a, a, a phone and take the phone and immediately the armed robber becomes an owner of a phone that costs 15,000 cities or 10,000 cities or 6,000 cities. So that is, so you see him, you think he's doing very well. Or you see a, a lady who went to sleep with a man and then the man said, oh, my, my babe, let me give you uh, this, uh, my scientist, let me give you this phone or whatever, just to show that, oh, yeah, we are, we are, we are there together, amen. We are minipi, you are my person. No, we are not talking about that. When we talk about kingdom prosperity, kingdom prosperity is different. Kingdom prosperity is different. Again, worldly prosperity is dependent on hard work and sometimes dubious means. So, people will steal from their offices and then they will come and give testimony in church. That is not kingdom wealth. That is not kingdom prosperity. Glory to Jesus Christ. They will add an extra zero to the church and then they will catch and steal from their boss and say that, oh, God has given me financial breakthrough. No, that is what we are talking about. Dubious means. Well, that is, that is gained through, uh, through, through, through uh, vain means, through test. It's test. It's test. But that is what in this world people like. The worldly system functions by that. Glory to Jesus Christ. Now, when a man becomes prosperous through the worldly system, a few characteristics you see about that person. Number one, often you see pride. You see pride. Now you realize that some people have become billionaires. They say they don't believe in God anymore. That God does not exist. It is a proud person who can say such a thing. They don't believe in religion. They believe that they got everything by their own strength and by their own mind. A biblical example or two biblical examples are Herod. Acts chapter number 12. He said, ah, I am the king. I have become a god. God struck him down there. He said, look at you. Fire burn your head. The man began to rot in his chair. Because he had become proud. 
Nebuchadnezzar also looked at his wealth and said, Ah, by my own strength I have gained all of these things. The Bible says, God, the waters are trying him to live as a, an animal for how many years? Seven years. For seven years. Well, a, a, a way of humbling him. Because natural worldly prosperity can produce pride. Can produce pride. In the book of Luke chapter 12, 16 to 21, Jesus speaks about a man who said that my soul rejoiced and gathered everything and enjoyed. God said, oh thou fool, your soul will be required from you. Pride. Pride. Number two, when you have gained wealth, wealth through worldly means, it produces insecurity. Insecurity. There's a rich man who approached Jesus and the man, even though he was doing well, he was insecure about life. He was insecure. He could not. He did not even know whether he had eternal life or not. Insecurity. Insecurity. Number three. So, First Timothy chapter six, chapter six, verse nine to ten. Paul tells Timothy to speak to those who are rich according to this world standards that they should be careful not to put their trust in their riches and that they should not let chasing of money become their number one attention. Why? He said, many who have done this have pierced themselves with many sorrows. He said, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hateful lusts, which drown them in distraction and perdition. Distraction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some converted after, they have erred from the faith. Look at that. So chasing money can cause you to err from the faith. They have erred from the faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Not a few. Many sorrows. Many sorrows. So if you are a child of God, listen, as we are teaching about prosperity. Some of these scriptures are good. What, do you know why? It circumcises us. So that our desire to be prosperous does not become carnal. Somebody may come for set a program because they think that ah, this is the magic solution for me to jump into some finances. Well, because of selfish means. No, uh, or because of selfish ambitions. No, that's not what kingdom prosperity is talking about. Kingdom wealth does not focus on self. It does not focus on self. When you're when seeking money, money becomes your number one drive. And so sometimes you are even ready to put aside the things of God, put aside church, put aside the instruction that God has given you just for the sake of money. Very soon you are going to pierce yourself with many sorrows. Many, many sorrows. Many, many sorrows. You do things that you, you know you will never have done if your heart was right. The Bible says you have erred from the feet. Number four, such wealth is also temporary. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 11. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. Shall be diminished. But he that gathered by labor shall increase. Shall increase. Proverbs 23 verse 45. Labor not to be rich. Cease from thy own wisdom. He said, Will thou set thy eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle to a heaven. So, natural wealth is wealth that is temporary. It, uh, it is there today, and tomorrow it is not there. It is there today. Somebody can be rich, have a lot of cars, have a lot of lands, have a lot of properties. One day, but something can happen, and boom, everything will disappear. Why? It is no wealth that is sustained by God. It is no wealth that is sustained by God. It is of vital importance you are able to differentiate. It's money making you proud. Are you finding your sense of identity? 
because of the money that you have? Are you feeling as though you are somebody just because of money? Or do you look down on other people just because you think that you are financially buoyant than them? Or is the desire for money causing you to lose focus on the things of God? No, you are moving from covenant and kingdom prosperity into the worldly system, which is a trap. Which is a trap. May God deliver us from such a trap. May God deliver us from such traps. From such hateful lusts, temptations, and snares. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Glory to Jesus Christ. And then there's covenant wealth. Tell somebody covenant wealth. This is kingdom prosperity. This is wealth that is based on number one, God's kingdom, and two, based on God's faithfulness to his covenants. So it is based on the kingdom of God. That the kingdom has a, a plan to prosper the inhabitants of the kingdom of God. And two, on the faithfulness of God, that God is committed to the prosperity of his children. And he has set a system by which his children will do well. That is covenant and kingdom prosperity. What are some of the characteristics? Number one, humility. Look at David. How God paid him from being a nobody and made him a king. He said, Lord, what is man? What is my family? The man was humble. Why? Because he knew that what he had was obtained by the grace of God, not by vanity. So it produces humility. Number two, it is, it is free from sorrow. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22. The blessing of the Lord make it rich and add that no sorrow to it. Add that no sorrow. It is not, for instance, um, I, I, I've shared with you uh, several times about a woman who worked in the banking sector for so many years, about, about 40 years of her life. By the time she came for retirement, she had a, a spinal problem. She had been able to build a house, but then she, had, she, she retired with a sickness. She retired with a disease. Glory to Jesus Christ. So you see somebody laboring, working day and night, working day and night, just because they want to break through, just because they want to do very well. At the end of the day, they end, they end their lives with sicknesses. So the money that they have gathered, they have spent all their life and all their energy gathering, they spend the second part of their life using that same money to treat them with sicknesses that they have gathered, just because of how they were looking and gaining the wealth. But when the blessing of the Lord makes you rich, he says he has no sorrow. He has no sorrow. That is kingdom prosperity. May God give you that kind of prosperity in the name of Jesus. Number three, it is durable. It is durable. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 18. Riches and honor are with me. With me. Wisdom is secret over here. The wisdom of God. Yea, durable riches and righteousness. So there are riches that are not durable. That some wealth, when they come, they don't stay because they are not from God. But when it comes as a result of the kingdom and on the premise of covenant, I wish somebody would understand that word very well. Tomorrow I'll be talking about covenant, the covenant of prosperity. So I'm talking about kingdom prosperity. The covenant of prosperity. The, the prosperity of the kingdom is based on covenant, and that is what makes it durable and trustworthy. Now, Number Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 3 verse 14. He said, I know that whatsoever God does, it shall be forever. It shall be forever. May God bring you into a dimension of riches which do, does not come to an end. I said that which does not come to an end. So I'll never be poor again in my life. 
The only way you will never be poor again in your life is if your riches is based on the revelation of the word. If it is based on the revelation of the word, and you are caught an impartation of the spirit and the power that makes wealth, at that point, it goes beyond your natural means. God begins to cause you to become a magnet for wealth, a magnet for supplies. May God bring you there. Number four characteristic of uh, kingdom prosperity is that it increases. It has not diminished. It actually increases. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18. The path of the justice and the shining light that shines forth more and more onto the perfect day. It keeps increasing. It keeps increasing. And in our kingdom, we are, remember we are talking about kingdom prosperity. We see people in the kingdom who God picked out of nothing and He caused them to see unusual increase. Genesis chapter 26 verse 13 talks about Isaac. The man was great. He went forward. He grew until he became very great. The verse number 14, it tells us that the man became an envy to the people around him. For he had possession of flocks and possession of heads and a great number of servants. For the, and so the Philistines was, they envied him. This is a man that God paid out of nothing. And as a result of the influence of the kingdom, God made him a superstar. Listen, somebody listening to me, God can make you a superstar. And I, I'm sharing this with you so that you see the picture of how God wants your life to be. Everything in the Bible is supposed to present a picture of your life. A picture of your life. Look at Jacob. Genesis chapter 32 verse 10. Right favorite scripture. He said, I am not worthy of the list of all the mercies and of all the truth that you have showed unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan. Now I have become two companies. Two bands. He said, when he was crossing the Jordan the first time, he had only a staff. My God, as we are about to cross over into 2024, maybe somebody has only a staff, but in the name of Jesus Christ, by the end of the year, may there be a change in your life. Why? Because of kingdom prosperity. Lift up your right hand. Say, my prosperity is a product of the kingdom of God. Say, because I am a part of the kingdom of God. I partake in the prosperity of the kingdom. In the name of Jesus Christ. He said, I have become two bands. Let's read from the verse number 12. He says, And thou said, I shall surely do thee good, and make thy seed as the son of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. And the Lord there that same night, and took of that, took of that which came to his hand, a present for Esau. So, he decided to give his brother. Now, what does he give him? 200 sea goods. Now, that, that's the entire business. <laughs> 200 sea goods and 20 he goods. So, the ladies have always been more than the men. <laughs> 200 ewes and 20 rams. 30 milk camels with their coats. 40 kine and 10 bulls. 20 she has asses and 10 foals. Now, if we bring this even to our financial system today, how much is a, a cow now? How much is a camel now? How much is a goat now? And somebody comes to give you 200 goats. My God. How much is a goat now? 400 cities. Huh? A full goat. What? 700. 700 cities. Apopon, the, the, apopon type. Apopon. 
the one that really has, you have mentioned their name is like you are blowing a trumpet. I was, I was, apapon. <laughs> so let's say 700 cities, 700 cities for one she goat. And then they bring you 200. So 200 and 700. How much is that? Eh? 1,400. You see, when I talk about going to a good school, people don't understand me. I tell you, 200 times 700 is 1,400. <laughs> Glory to the name of the Lord. I love you. Calculate and all. I'm a woman teacher now. Glory to the name of the Lord. So how much? Okay, so now that you have like that, what's the number? One forty thousand Ghana cities, man. Oh, Mama Pat is smiling. If you mention her money, God is making her happy. One forty thousand. So. And then the rams. Look at that. So the man was not a small man. That's what that's what the Bible is trying to establish over here. And he's a part of our kingdom. I say he's a part of our kingdom. And if it's something happening to a brother in the kingdom, then obviously you are also next in line. I say you are next in line. Now somebody here that don't believe that you can own one forty thousand. Do you believe that God can give you one forty thousand? And I'm not talking about that is all the money you have. It's the money that you have to give away. <laughs> Come on, somebody celebrate the Lord. He gifted, oh my God, Alice, God is going to bring you to a point. One of these days, you will sow a seed of 140,000 Ghana cities, and, and you will not even feel it. it you know, that there, are, there are some offerings and there are some sacrifices. This one was a gift. <laughs> a sacrifice, that one, you are giving beyond your capacity. But this one was a gift. Oh, I wish somebody would understand something by it. This is a citizen of our kingdom. He gifted one forty thousand Ghana cities. And that's just part half a quarter of the gift so we have not spoken about the camels. We have not spoken about the cows. We have not spoken about all the other ones that he gave away. Hmm. Shadaya. How much is the camel now? Uh, hello. Come on, boy. Isn't that that one? One was one Lamborghini. <laughs> because I know camel is very expensive. I don't know the price. Somebody can Google the price and tell us. One camel. And the guy gave how many of them? How many of them? Was it 10 or 20? 30 camels with their coats. Do you know what the coat is? It's a baby camel. So it means that for every camel there was a baby. <laughs> the man likes Keche. What are you talking about? <laughs> so at one camel, and then you see the child following. Say, ah, what is this? Mother and child. From generation to generation. And he gifted it away. Wow. God had prospered him. He said that God gave him, made him two companies. And donkeys. And foes. Glory to Jesus. Look at Solomon. Solomon's prosperity was so great that when the queen of Sheba came, the Bible says she lost her breath. First Kings chapter 10, you read from verse number 1 to the verse number 7, you read from verse 23 to the verse number 25. For the sake of time, I'm not reading it. Glory to Jesus. But let me read the 23 to 25. The Bible so Solomon exceeded all the kings of the earth for riches and for wisdom. He exceeded how many of the kings? How many of them? Come on, read it. He exceeded, verse 23, 
So Solomon surpassed all the kings of the earth. He was riches. How many of the kings? All the kings. But you see, the unique thing about Solomon, those days, for a king to be wealthy, he has to be going to wars. And so the more he gains victory in battles, the richer he becomes. But when you study the Bible, Solomon never went for even a single battle. He never went for a single battle. Meaning his prosperity was from God. Kingdom prosperity. Kingdom prosperity. We read about Jehoshaphat. Second Chronicles chapter 17. The Bible says verse in the verse number 12. And Jehoshaphat was ex- great exceedingly. And he built in Judah castles and then cities of store. The man became a builder by reason of the prosperity that comes from our kingdom. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, God wants us to understand that our kingdom is a rich kingdom. Our kingdom is a prosperous kingdom. There are people that we can see in their lives what God has done for them as a result of association with the kingdom. Tonight, as I, I want to end over here with uh, the purpose of wealth. The reason why God wants to prosper us. Lift up your right and say, I'm becoming prosperous. Say, I'm increasing wealth. The first reason I want to share with you is to prove redemption. It's to prove redemption. The Bible that let your life so what? Shine. So God wants to show the world who he has, whom He has made us to be. He wants to show the world the kind of people He has made us to be. He wants to show the world the results of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So just as the proof of redemption, Second Corinthians chapter eight verse number nine, He became poor that we might become rich. So. Prosperity and kingdom wealth is a proof that we are born again. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Is that what you understand? This one you have to think about this for a moment. Because some people are still not understood. It's a proof God wants to use your salvation. And that is why many people come to church because of you. Now you are, you, you are inviting uh, a, a, a rabbi who sells watching at the junction to church. And then when you get there, you pack your, your BMW with a smiling face. The, you know, the cars that have smile. There are some cars out front, other cars that smile. <laughs> and then you see that, Eravna, Jajaja, Nenem, Kwa, sorry. We don't, we for you, you should go to your uncle. Then no one is coming. Do you think you won't come? Yeah, 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 yeah. And Ravna, don't blow for the name. I understand me. I saw one man of God. Uh, he was going to buy Kelly in Kumasi. And because he was going to, he was in a hurry to go and minister in church. He, he went straight to the man and said, please, oh, can you say he wants to buy 10 Ghana cities? Somebody said, ah, because you have a car, so you are trying to cross all of us. He said, oh, me are so full, 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 no business room. And I said, I from this entire week, member. And I, every day, whatever he sell, he gave me the money and closed shop for one week. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, the, 
Remind me that the Lord told me something. I want to finish the message. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Sometimes you have to catch yourself. And then you enter and begin to prophesy. And then you forget that you are actually teaching something. And teaching that established people. Glory to Jesus Christ. But what the Lord told me is still staring in my face. Let me go back to <laughs> And let me finish this. We have just a, a two or three points. And then we are done. Glory to Jesus. So for kingdom establishment or expansion. Number three, right? Establishment of God's covenant with Abraham. If God does not prosper us, he has lied to Abraham. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18. And thou shalt remember the Lord thy God for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which is swore to thy fathers as it is this day. So if God does not make prosperity available as a part of the covenant, he has lied to Abraham, and God does not lie. Tomorrow I'll tell you why. I'll show you the, the strength of the covenant. Why you can trust the covenant. And that it should work and it must work. It has not fail. He said, I am a covenant keeping God. Number four. To establish the dominion of the saints. In Ephesians chapter 9 verse 16. He said, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised. And his words are not heard. Who are those who carry words to wear change evil? Is it not the faith? Is it not so winners? When we go and our Kalewate has holes in it, oh my God, there are a category of people who will not listen to us. Who will not listen to us? Who will not listen to us? But when we go, and we are not afraid of anything. Now you see preachers, sometimes they go and preach in class, and then they have to take offerings. They have to take offerings. Why? Because if they don't take offering, why? Don't speak about it. But they have to talk back. Are you understanding me? But very soon, I see some of you are going to preach in a car, and then you say that, oh, please, nobody should pay. I'll pay for one of you. Receive that grace now. That is kindness evangelism. Kindness evangelism. I remember we did some a few years ago. I sent some people out to pay the transportation and then preach uh, their gospel. And then, just like that. Money. It establishes the dominion. Now, when we speak, we have authority. When we speak, we have power. I told you two things cause a church to be influential in any city. One, finances. Two, numbers. Multitudes. So, if we want to have authority and influence, for example, now we are trusting God and campaigning for Christian presidents. And we don't have money to push. And one of the ways that uh, the other side are going to be pushing is they are going to take money. You see, I saw the vision very clearly. Now recently, have you not heard that there is a certain, is it Saudi Arabia, where they want to come and build universities in Ghana? What are they trying to do? They are pushing an agenda. Pushing an agenda. So, university in the north and four, and four secondary schools. They are using money. Go to Kanda, you see the power of money. And so if Christians, now have you realized that now almost so many months that they are becoming, most did not use to look very nice. Now, now they are making a glass and now I saw some, they are putting air conditioning in them. <laughs> ah, am I lying? Ah, you are walking around hoping I can see things. Are you understanding me? They, they are going to use the influence of money. So if you don't get powerful, oh my God, 
very soon, your children will be hitting their heads on the ground. Hmm. Now, now you see the thing is not just about diving eggs and salad or chicken and fried rice. No. We are talking about a kingdom at stake. The gospel at stake. Let the spirit of money locate you. Let the spirit that brings unusual prosperity come upon your life. May God cause you to become a mover and a shaker in the financial hemisphere. Receive that grace now. Receive dominion as a result of your finances. In the name of Jesus Christ. You go and see a Christian and you go and write application letter, you go apply, and then your CEO is a, is a, is a, is an imam. <laughs> a malam. <laughs> Glory. We are taking over the companies. I think we are taking over the industries. I don't know. I wish I can have somebody who is, who is hungry and say, that God, let this prophecy come to pass in my life. The way you are seated, I think you are too religious for God to make you prosperous and worthy. But in the name of Jesus Christ, may God raise millionaires and billionaires who will take the kingdom of God to the next level, to the place where many shall desire to be a part of our kingdom. Many shall cry at our God. Many shall say, let me be connected to your Jesus, let me be connected to your faith. Let me be connected to what you believe in us. Because I can see uh, that you are causing a change and a wave in this world. May many desire, may many look at us, and may many see after the outflow of the spirit in our life, the glory of the kingdom, the time in the kingdom, the power and the glory. Hey, so the silver is mine, the gold is mine. He said, the castle of a thousand years are Hey, he said, the glory of the last house shall be greater, it shall be greater than the summer. And the glory he was talking about was the glory of gold, was the glory of silver. I see God raising people in this entrance, who is going to entrust with the gold of the nations, with the silver of the nations. I see a people who are going to lay up gold as dust, gold as dust, gold as dust.
and that the first is talking about the missionary apostles who are going forward with the gospel of the kingdom and then there are those whom he's raising as intercessors who minister at the altar and then there are the sponsors or the financiers who are going to fund the work of the kingdom listen to me the gospel will not preach itself the gospel needs to be funded there are people who are being saved as a result of radio ministry and TV ministry. And every one of them are paid for, except God decides to give it for free. But most of them are paid for. All the screaming preachers you see on radio, or on TV, you hear on radio, it's money. Every sound that they make, it's money that is going out there. If you don't have financiers, how will this happen? As I share this with you, the Lord says to me that there are some who pick this word. And he has been speaking to you that he's raising you to be a kingdom financier in his end times. And since you heard that word that I spoke, it has just dropped in your spirit and has been something that you have been contemplating. If you have not upset people, I want you to come for it right now. I want to pray with you now. I want to pray with you now. Can you play the keyboard for me, please? Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. That God, you send that God is granting you grace to become a kingdom financier. Even in these end times, I want to just come forward. I want to pray with you. Lord, the Lord spoke to me specifically that I should pray for such people. I should pray for these ones whom He has put this word in their spirit. Glory to Jesus Christ. Will you lift up your hands everywhere you are? Oh, Balama Sukatala Bradabas. Mendelebeandanamakumeneja Bradabas. Come on, lift up your voice. Wherever you are, just begin to worship the Lord. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, visit our website www.ebenezaokolipa.com or call 0546 God bless you.